Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Good morning, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us on live stream and on Facebook Live. We're blessed to be able to be able to reach out in times like this when we can't be here in the same building together, and I sure wish we were, but it will be soon. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to do the best uh, with what we've got, and uh, God is using us. God is using this moment to minister to you and your family, and I know that, and He loves you very much. I want to remind you today that God is on your side, and uh, that there is <clears throat> nothing in the world that can by any means hurt you because Jesus said he has all authority, he has all power, and he's also given you all that authority and power. And it's in him, it's in his grace, it's in his strength, it's in his love that we stand. And so I want to encourage you today, do not fear. Do not be afraid. Take courage. God is with us. Amen. So I would like us to go to uh, the book of Psalms chapter 91. I want to share some things from this passage of scripture with you today. And I want to encourage you just where you are, uh, if you're gathered uh, with your family or even if you're by yourself, it doesn't matter. If you're, you're watching this, I want you to grab a Bible or we might have this up on the screen for you. Psalms chapter 91, we're going to be reading from the New King James Version. And I want to encourage you to read this out loud with me, okay? I'll take you a moment to find it. Psalms chapter 91, and we'll begin reading in verse 1. And it starts... Verse 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge." He shall cover you with his feathers, and I'm sorry, his truth shall be your shield and buckler. Verse 5, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes will you look and see the reward of the wicked. Verse 9, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Verse 13, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Praise the name of Jesus. Father, thank you now for this blessed gospel, this good news that this message has the power. It is the power of God to salvation. That is, uh, uh, not only uh, a new born-again experience, not only a new creation, but a full deliverance. Spirit, soul, and body. And we thank you 
for the power of the gospel. It's the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. So today, Lord, we believe your gospel. We believe the good news. We believe the word of the living God. It is our full deliverance, and we bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's what verse 1 says. Dwelling is about what we call home. It's where many of you are right now. You're in your own dwelling. This has to do with where we stay. This is where we live. We always come back to this place. No matter where you travel to, work, school. Unfortunately, you're not doing any of that for the most part right now. You're staying home. And it'd be nice to get out of the house now. But it's where you eventually end up, though, coming back to. It's where we start our day, and most of the time it's where we end our day. Your dwelling place today in the Spirit as a believer, as a child of God, is in Christ. This is amazing. Paul said, in Him we live and move and have our being. So though you're, you're not in your heavenly home, in one sense, spiritually you are. You know, we're blessed with every spiritual blessing. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places, but uh, you also are right here uh, on the earth. But Christ being in you means that and you being in him is he is your home away from home. He is your dwelling. And your life, as the scripture says, is hidden in him. This is what that secret place is. Now, Old Testament-wise, that's not necessarily what it was talking about. It wasn't talking about the Redeemer Christ. I mean, even though it was, but you and I have a different reality. That means something different for us now. The secret place is our lives being hidden in Christ. And since that's the truth... And he is the every resource of home for you. He is your place of rest. He is your start. He is your finish. He is everything. And David said when he thought about the one sitting at the right hand of God, he said, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Praise God. It's good to know that our dwelling place is, is greater than where we actually are physically. Our dwelling place is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, verse 2 says, it says, I will say of the Lord, I will say of the Lord. What are you saying right now? What are you saying? There's a lot of stuff being said right now. There's a lot of information being passed around. Some of it accurate, some of it not so accurate. But either way, it's being passed around. And um, what are you saying, though, in this moment, though? Are you just passing along information from one place to another? We want to help keep others well-informed, no doubt about it. We want to make sure that Whatever bulletins come out, and we can share it with others. That's, but what I'm saying is, what are you saying of the Lord? This is what David says. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. It's so important that we open our mouths and declare what we say of the Lord. I want to encourage you to do that. In just a moment, I'll lead you in a couple of things to say. Because your words are building your life. The scripture says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. What are you saying of the Lord right now in this time of uncertainty? I will say of the Lord. Because your words are the declaration of your heart. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Who you believe God is really determines what you believe that God will do for you. 
And he said, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. So that, this is Hebrews chapter 13, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can coronavirus do to me? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. I want you to say this with me. These are things that we can say of the Lord because this is what the Bible says about it. Just say this out, out loud with me. The Lord is my healer. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my strength. He is my fortress. He is my defense. He is my deliverer. Praise God. I will say of the Lord. I will say of the Lord. In the midst of all this, open your mouth and say of the Lord. Remind yourself. Remind others around you, those in your life. They need to hear this. We need to be reminded that he's greater than all of this. He's not given us a spirit of fear. Amen. Power, love, sound mind. Amen. In his perfect love, the scripture says, casts out all fear. You know that in every fear-producing situation, God always provides a way for you to take courage, for you to take to be cheerful in a moment like that. It's, it goes against the thinking of this world. But there's joy for you right now that will be your strength. There's happiness. There's laughter in the midst of all of this chaos. Amen. Because ultimately, Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have trouble. Yep, we're seeing it all around us. But he said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So be of good cheer today. Your declaration is going to, you're going to find there's much freedom and let your, let, let your words, let your faith lead your life, you know. Even in the midst of feeling afraid, even in the midst of all the feelings of uncertainty, the, what, what we know or what we don't know, we need something more solid than what we have. I mean, our government, they're doing the best they can, but they're not offering us any good answers right now. And so it's, it's a bit chaotic. But the Word of God stands forever. So say of the Lord, speak the living word of God over you and your house. As for me and my house, we will serve the living God. No evil is going to befall us. No plague is going to come near our dwelling. All of our children will be taught of the Lord. We are the blessed of God. Amen. The favor of God surrounds us as with a shield. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It's amazing when you begin to do that, just how you begin to just come up. Your spirit, man, begins to flex on the inside of you. Hallelujah. And you feel that strength from God. Surely, verse 3 of Psalm 91, surely he shall deliver you. This is no question about it. There's no guesswork in this. It is surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. What is that? What's a fowler? Well, it's somebody who traps birds. All right? He's going to deliver you from the trap of the trapper. All right? You're not going to get caught up in it. There's a lot of uh, people getting caught up in the trap of this whole situation. They're going nuts buying crazy amounts of you-know-what. You can't find it on the shelf toilet paper. I, I, maybe I shouldn't have said, you know what? I guess you can say that in church. Um, but they're, they're getting caught in these traps because the general public, you know, once it starts, it just begins to feed and feed and feed. You're going to be delivered from that and from the perilous pestilence. This deliverance is an extraordinary thing. When God sent the angel to Mary and told Mary... Angel Gabriel told Mary that she was going to have a son and that this was going to be the son of the living God and she shall call his name Jesus. Now, we know that through what's called Greek transliteration, his name is Jesus. But what Mary actually heard the angel say was Joshua. Joshua, 
That was his name. The, they called him Yeshua, which is Joshua, Yeshua HaMashiach. Joshua the Messiah. His name was Joshua. It's extraordinary. It's important that he was named this. Of all the things that God could have chosen to name his son, why Joshua? Why what we know as Jesus? Because you think about the Old Testament, you look back, who's the greatest figure in the Old Testament? Well, it's obviously Moses. I mean, he wrote the first five books of the Bible. He's the lawgiver, and he was the one who brought them out with a great deliverance from uh, Egypt and from the bonds of Egypt. And his name is Moses, and that's an, that's an awesome name, but God did not name his son Moses. God chose to name his son not after Moses, but after Joshua. Because even though Moses, as great a man as he was, and he was, and all the things that were accomplished through his life, even at, at a very old age, I mean, he didn't get started doing this until he was 80 years old. And the last 40 years of his life were one, uh, uh, years of miracles. It was extraordinary. But Moses made a mistake. And so he was not able to go in, take the children into the promised land. He, he disobeyed what God told him to do. Remember, God said, strike the rock. The first time he struck it and water came out, the next time the Lord said, speak to the rock. Well, Moses struck the rock because he was frustrated with the children of Israel. And that's what kept him out of going into the promised land. But he, Moses means drawn out. That's what his name literally means, drawn out. Did he do it? Yeah, he drew them out of Egypt. But Joshua means deliverer or deliver into See, every time you say the name of Jesus, you're speaking your deliverance. Every time you say that name that is above every name, God wants you more focused on and identifying with not so much what you've been brought out of, but what you have now been brought into. And that is his promise. And the word says, Jesus, uh, God says in, in Paul says, but ultimately it's God, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, all the promises of God are in Christ Jesus, yes and amen. And, and this covenant now that we have that's cut in the body of Jesus Christ, he, his blood was poured out. This is the blood of the new covenant. That covenant is established upon better promises. It's a better covenant. And so these promises that we have are found in his name. Just saying the name Jesus. Just speak the name Jesus. In that name is every power. Every foe is defeated. Hallelujah. Every devil trembles at the name of Jesus. Just declare his name over your situation. Declare his name. Deliverer over your home, over your lives. In the name of Jesus. Call upon me, the scripture says, in your day of trouble, and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Romans 10 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved or shall be delivered from the penalties of judgment. Verse 4 of Psalm 91, he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. He is your defense is what this is saying. Your God is your defense. And this shield that is around you, this refuge that he is for you, the uh, proverb says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are saved. But the Lord is on your side throughout all of this. And we see a, a, a little peak of that in the Old Testament, what he was really trying to reveal about his heart for mankind, for all those who believe on him. 
And there was a time whenever the law of Moses came and the children of Israel, now they had to face consequences because that law brought consequences. You do good, you get good. You do bad, you get bad. It's that simple. So whenever they did bad, I mean, bad things happened to them. You know, um, <clears throat> there were, they were complaining the children of Israel were playing against God, against Moses, and the Lord just sent these poisonous snakes into the camp, and they were biting the people and killing them. And remember, this is before Jesus was here. This, they didn't have a mediator like you and I do. Jesus changed everything for us. So the Lord said, okay, uh, Moses, make a, a, a fiery serpent out of bronze and put it up on a pole and hold it up, and whoever looks on the bronze serpent, they'll be, uh, they won't die from, this, from the bite. They'll live. And then Jesus mentions this in John chapter 3. He says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, when we acknowledge by faith that Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for you, when you acknowledge that upon that cross, you look to Him as the children of Israel look to that bronze serpent, you're looking to Him. You are delivered from the punishment of sin. You're delivered from the punishment of evils and given eternal life. So we see some pretty negative things occurred in chap Numbers chapter 20 and 21. Um, and you can read this later on for your own, for your own sake. And this lots of consequences. The Lord uh, uh, making them deal with their actions. You know, he's, he's definitely bringing the penalty and the punishment for their, their wrongdoing. But then in Numbers chapter 23, there's a man by the name of Balak. And I'm going to finish with this and leave you with this story. It's really extraordinary. Uh, Balak, he's become king of a nation called Moab. And they were, most of the time, they were Israel's enemies. And uh, so this nation has risen up against Israel. And uh, they are, even though they're terrified of Israel, but yet they, they want Israel wiped off the, the map. And so this this king by the name of Balak, he calls for this soothsayer named Balaam uh, to come and pronounce a curse over Israel and so that they would become prey to the Moabites in battle. So <clears throat> I want to read just one section of this. It's Numbers chapter 23, verses 18 through 23. Numbers 23, 18 through 23. It says, then he took up his oracle and said, this is Balaam, and he's, he's been brought here, hired by Balak to pronounce this curse. He says, <laughs> Rise up, Balak, and hear. Listen to me, son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. The Lord, his God, is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. God brings them out of Egypt. He has strength like a wild ox, for there is no sorcery against Jacob, nor any divination against Israel. It now must be said of Jacob and of Israel, oh, what God has done. Wow, it's extraordinary. So did you, I want you to make sure you caught one part. Verse 21, it says, he has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. Wait a second. A couple of chapters earlier, we're seeing that God is doing nothing but observing wickedness and evil in, in Israel. It seems that's all he's doing, but when their enemy rises against them to curse them, God does not do anything but defend Israel. See, it's one thing for God to deal with his children in one, in, in one sense, but when the enemy has something to say about you, God will not be hearing it. He'll be your defense, and he is your defense. He's your defense against every plague out there. He's your defense against every virus out there. He is your defense. 
Those things rise up against you. And according to your heavenly father, he says, not on my watch. Not on my watch. He's with you. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Remember this today. Open your mouth and say of the Lord, say of the Lord. Don't let the world and its message drown out the good news that you have. The message is in you. The word of faith is in your heart and in your mouth. Speak the word. Amen. Speak the word. I want to pray for just a moment. Father, thank you. Thank you for this word. Thank you, Lord, for these beautiful families that are with me right now that are hearing this. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. You are a very present help in times of trouble. Lord, we're thanking you right now. We say of the Lord, he is our rock. He is our defender. He is our strength. He is our salvation. He is the one who's keeping us from the evils of this world. He's the one who protects us from coronavirus in the name of Jesus. And we thank you right now, Lord. We're asking you for a quick, a quick end to this coronavirus in our country in the name of Jesus. We push back right now in Jesus' name and say the kingdom of darkness is defeated. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil, and he did it. He said the work is finished, and we are here to continue to invoke and to enforce this victory by saying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus, this is the time for the church to speak out this hope, this blessed gospel for the world to hear. They're sighing, they're crying, they're dying for it. There's, there's so much confusion and uncertainty. But Lord, we have a message that will pierce the darkness. And it will remove confusion. And it will bring peace. And it will bring blessing. And it will bring grace. And it will bring a, a settling in our souls. We thank you, Lord, that because of the death and burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can say in this time, it is well with my soul. It is well with me and all of my house. Thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. I want to encourage you. Also, don't forget, this is a great time to sow a seed. You know how to give online. Go to our app. Go to onecausechurch.com. Listen. This is, there's a temptation to, to collect and to hold on to things in this uncertainty. Let me tell you something. The kingdom of God don't work like that. You push against that, that fearful kind of thinking, and you liberate yourself in giving. And this is where you invite God to come and be a part of your financial situation. Your giving says, Lord, there's nothing between you and me. Money's not more important right now. You are number one in my life. And, and, when, and you'll sow a seed to him. You'll sow a seed into the kingdom of God. Let me tell you something. The, the word says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, that you having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. I want to thank you for your, con your continual uh, faithfulness in giving and giving your tithes and offerings. It's a blessing to us. The church has to keep going. Amen. I mean, just because we're not here all together doesn't mean that we're not going to be here, and we will be here very soon. So I pray God's best for you. Now may the Lord bless you, and may he keep you, and may he cause his face to shine upon you and all of your house and be gracious to you and give you 
peace in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. We love you very much. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.